right, okay, let's do this because I'm on holiday. We Great. spoke to Brian Burks. He's a really, really nice guy. It was a true honour to speak to him. He's really good friends with the front ambassador, Bray Hunziker. And he shoots large format photography, medium format photography, 35mm photography, and everything in between. Really, really nice guy. And it was a true honour to speak to him. Can I go back to having my pizza on holiday now? Yeah. What's in between 35mm, 120 large format, nothing? Digital. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Does he shoot digital? I don't know, but it was a real yeah, honest yeah, thing yeah, to him. Yeah. Really, really nice guy. He's obviously very passionate about the story he's trying to portray in his kind of videos and his work. Um, his work really stands out. And the, I mean, I don't know if you'd agree, I'm sure you will, but he is no. super critical of his own work. Yes. And he doesn't need to be. His work is fantastic. Um, so yeah, enjoy this episode. Sign up to front on the mailing list, head to our website and follow us on Instagram. And subscribe to the channel, like the videos, you know all that stuff. All right. Can I go back to having been yeah, a holiday now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. all right. All right. Have fun. Stop recording. <laughs>I guess we'll always, well, I guess we'll start off the same as what we do with everyone, just for those people that are listening that want to know who you are and how you got into photography, I guess. Well, my name is Brian Burks. Uh, I got into photography probably going, it's a little over two years ago, but I've always been into like video and stuff. I went to college for TV and film and always had big aspirations of like being in Hollywood and making movies and stuff like that, but didn't really turn out that way because I applied to a whole bunch of jobs out of college and didn't hear back from anyone. So um, when I was in college, my roommate was actually getting married at the time and I was like dabbling in video and they asked me to film the wedding. So I did that and then I liked it and my dad bought me a camera and I started doing that like part-time kind of just doing every, weddings every now and again. And then it kind of turned into a full-time thing. So that's kind of where I learned photography basics, just using video and stuff like that. And then I came across a Willem Verbeek video one time. I don't know how, but started watching Willem and uh, yeah, decided to start my own YouTube channel late 2019. And now here I am. Look a, where you are now. A, a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny you say that because that's literally how, you know, I, I was similar. I was into like videography and, and and photography, but kind of never took it too seriously, I guess. But Willem was actually the first kind of YouTuber I started watching. But that was before mm -hmm. I knew, knew there were other photographers on YouTube, right? I just thought right. like buy books but like and follow them yeah. on social media, right? And then all of a sudden you watch one person and it opens the door, doesn't it? Yeah, his his channel, like I still get so much enjoyment out of his channel because it's so just it you just feel at home when you're watching a video. Like there's nothing like there's hardly anything negative. It's just like all positive. And I remember like watching his videos in the beginning and he's like using this big RZ67 and messing with film. I'm just like, what is that? And then I go on Reddit and I was searching around and I was reading about Cinestill 800T and medium format and all this stuff. And I just went down a, a huge rabbit hole. And then I bought a camera and 
now that's all I shoot. So that's quite interesting because is that because I remember watching one of your videos a while back. I think you were talking about how you got into photography, but you you went straight into medium format. Is that right? Yeah, I bought. I I was like searching around, and I actually bought a uh, Fuji G six nine or six ninety. Is that what it is? The yeah, big yeah. like rangefinder camera. And I bought that and then I was reading about it and people were like, this isn't a good one to start off with because you only get like eight exposures per roll. So I was just like, maybe I shouldn't do that for the first one. So then I canceled that and I bought a Mamiya 645 just because you get 15. And uh, yeah, I just like the look of, I would always look at like medium format and large format images. And I'm like, that's what I want to get to. So I don't even want to mess with like 35 millimeter because I pretty much know the basics of like exposures and stuff so i think i can just like kind of learn uh with 120 film instead of 35 millimeter i think it's quite interesting because um when i watch your videos and i'm sure luke you'd agree as well that it it never feels like you're just making a video for the sake of making a video whether you feel like that or not sometimes you know i don't know but i feel like when you watch your videos you're kind of just keeping somewhat of a journal and you've admitted it yourself, right? Like that video that you recently put out with the best photo you've taken is amazing, by the way. But thank you. I, I was saying to Luke, like if I look at your videos from a year ago, j- just based on the photography, I can see that you've got better. But we were saying how harsh you can be on some of your own photos. Yeah, like, yeah. And I don't know if this is like something that <laughs> happened in the States, but it just doesn't happen here. Like we look at a phone, we're like, yeah, that's really nice. Where you're like, this is terrible. (laughs) I can can do better. (laughs) Yeah. I've, uh, that's one of the downsides of just, I guess my, and I, that's kind of just my personality is that I'm always hard on myself, but especially with like photography, I don't know. It's different. Like I'm not really hard on myself with many other things, but I don't really take many other things that seriously. And I kind of like, knew when I started, I was like, I, w- I want to do this. I want to improve. There was people that I looked up to that I was like, I want to get to that point one day. And I know that I've like, I've progressed a lot in the two years, like substantially, but um, I always have to like step back and like realize that, that I'm still learning and that I can't be too hard on myself. And people do comment a lot saying that like, you just need to like chill, like relax. It's, all part of the process. So, um, yeah, that's always a learning thing. And I've, I've made a ton of mistakes, uh, along the way, both with photography and just the way that I've handled some certain situations, but it's all about learning and it's all part of the process to me. So I think what you've done in that short amount of time is, is unbelievable though. Cause I, I was sitting there cause and it sounds stupid, but me and me and my fiance, I keep calling my missus, but I've recently got engaged. Uh, my friend, thank you. Um, I, I was pretty happy. Um, but we, we always sit on a Sunday and we can tend to watch a lot of YouTube videos, right? Because we're subscribed to various channels that we like and obviously you, you being one of them. Um, and that's kind of when we decided to catch up on on a Sunday. And she was like, oh, we were watching one of your videos and she was like, oh, what swing on a camera? I was like trying to explain to her. But then I'm like, I, I know nothing about large format cameras, right? So I don't know... I'm trying to explain it to her from the best of my knowledge, but she's, and, but then she keeps asking me questions. She's like, why does he tilt the camera like that? Why is it that? Good? And she's kind of answering her own questions, like to, 
you know, talking yeah. about focus and stuff. <laughs> but going back to that's what I'm saying, I watch your videos and I kind of I never feel like you're just making a video. Do you know what I mean? It, it's kind of like we're on this journey with you, if that makes sense. And I think that's a cool way, a cool way of looking at it. Yeah, I kind of, in the first video that I put out, it was just like me talking to the camera and I was like, just trying to get through it, nervous as hell. But I was just like, I'm just going to show my process with every, everything. I just bought a camera. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. And that's why I kind of like stayed away from making in the beginning, I kind of made some more like tutorial based stuff, but then people would come in and comment and say like, you're doing this wrong. And I would get offended. But now I look back and I'm like, I was doing it wrong. Like I should have never been trying to teach people how to do stuff. But now I feel like I'm finally to that point where I can talk a little bit about technical stuff and act because I actually know what I'm talking about, at least somewhat. But yeah, it's it's been nice to to do that and kind of have the videos that way, um, just showing the process. And I am like, I do get a little in my head about putting videos out and trying to meet like a sponsored deadline and stuff like that. But for the most part, I feel like I just do make the videos that I want to make. And I'm never like too pressured to put out something that I don't want to, which is nice. Yeah, that's cool. Do you, do you feel like you've come on quite quickly because it's quite in two years to have started doing what you do and to getting where you are now and you've learned like such a huge amount of stuff to have skipped 35 mil and shooting large format and developing color film i to me that's like i i've never even thought i've never even shot 120 really so i'm like that's pretty like next level so mm -hmm. uh, and i imagine a lot of people would think like that's quite a it's like leaps and bounds is that, do you feel like that or is it just like come quite naturally? Well, um, I didn't at first and then I kind of like took a step back and kind of realized that it, it was pretty quick with everything. But like developing and stuff like that, it pretty much just comes out of like a necessity because I was taking my film to the lab in St. Louis and it was just costing me so much money and I was driving back and forth and I was like, uh, anxious about getting the results back because I'm really impatient with everything. So it's just like pretty much everything was just a crash course to learn as quickly as possible just so I could start getting results that I wanted. And yeah, it kind of just goes back to I would be looking at people like Alex Soth and Joel Sternfeld and Brian Scootmont and all those people that I look up to. And I'm like, I want to make images like that. So it's like, how do I get there as quickly as possible? And uh, it's not always like the best way to go about things, but um, yeah, it's just like any time that I had any free time, I'd be watching a YouTube video or just in a forum trying to figure out techniques and stuff. And um, luckily, since I am a wedding uh, videographer, I have a lot of free time. Um, it's really only on the weekends, 20 times out of the year that I have to actually work and uh other than that i just like have to edit the videos and stuff like that so i have a lot of free time so any free time that i do have i'm trying to learn and just get better and so far it's been working really well awesome. yeah it definitely has been working well and it's quite good to see <laughs> because like I, I don't know i guess this can be a question but obviously you went straight into you know medium format large format photography where i know that when i first kind of 
found my love for photography or, or picked up a camera again, so to speak, I was very much in that stage of I must shoot absolutely everything. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I had a little point and shoot with me. Then I would buy, a, a, you know, whatever camera it might be. And I'd be like, right, today I'm going out to shoot. And then, you know, I, in the back of my head, I'd be like, now I want to work on this project. And it always was working up like, you know, if I'm not working on a project, I'm still taking photos. I'm still documenting my life, so to speak. And it wasn't necessarily for mm-hmm. any reason. It was just because I enjoyed taking a photo, right? So do you take photos outside of, of kind of what we see or is it just you put time aside to learn this craft and then you share those results? You know, you, you're okay putting the camera down. Yeah, I used to, um, well, specifically on film, I used to take, I would carry around um, either the Mamiya or I had an RB for a while. I had a Pentax for a while and I would carry that around and I'd take it on vacations and stuff. And I'd, we, if we go down to my, uh, to Emma's like lake house, I'd take it down there. But, um, you get to a point where it's just like, it's expensive to shoot. You have to, I develop. So it's like, I have to take it back and develop it. I have to scan it. I don't have a ton of money laying around to ship everything off and have it, uh, process and scanned. So I was just like, if I'm going to take the time with everything and do it myself and everything that comes along with film, it better be a shot that I'm like really wanting to take. And that's kind of why I moved into large format so much. Cause it's like every time that I get not, well, not every time, but a lot of the time that I get um, a negative back or take it out of the tank, I'm really happy with it. Whereas with medium format, I'm just like, yeah, these are like snapshots and they're kind of like backup to large format. And like, even when I shot 35 millimeter, cause I, I do have a camera because Emma's grandfather, uh, gave me his, but even when I would shoot with that, it would just, it would take me so long to get through a, a roll of film. I'm just like, I don't want to have it sitting there for four or five weeks and then finally get the photos back. And I'm just like, not that pumped about them. So there's the impatient uh, side of you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like you're impatient and I think all photographers are impatient, but that shows yeah. you how how kind of film photography can outweigh that because you know there's other things that I could do that would cost less take less time and I could probably get a satisfaction from but it just shows the power of film mm-hmm. photography over say a digital photo not not that we're against it I don't know if you mess with digital at all no I would I was about to say that I when we go places now because I just did sell my Pentax like a couple months ago and that's just because, yeah, I just wasn't too stoked on the images that I got from it. But um, I do, uh, w- whenever we go somewhere, I do take a digital camera now. Like we just went to Mexico and I took a digital camera. And I liked the images that I got. I'm never always fully happy with the way that everything renders and the colors and stuff. So that's always that's going to be a learning thing. But um, it's just exponentially easier and cheaper just to carry around a digital camera with one lens and not have to worry about exposing correctly and having to process it when you get home and scan everything and all that stuff. So if someone wanted to just send me a medium format camera for free, that would be super sweet. And I definitely use it, but uh, sticking with digital and just large format for now. When when I first started watching you, I think you were like, and the early days of 
In fact, it might be uh, now you're saying you've only been doing the YouTube thing for like a couple of years. Maybe I've been following you from from almost the start, but you were very much in your car, driving around, taking these portraits or looking for portraits. But I think in some of the earlier videos, you might have been taking photos that weren't always portraits. Um, mm -hmm. But I was actually really inspired by one of those videos to the point where I got in my car and I went out to like just a local village, not, not too far away. It was probably about a half hour drive for me. And I walked around this village and I was like, I'm going to take some photos. And if I see someone, I'm going to ask to take their portrait. The first person I asked, I happened to be on their land and he kicked me off. <laughs> so I got scared for like three months. Oh, yeah. Why, why are you taking photos on my land? I've got a shotgun. And I was like, yeah. okay, bye. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I don't know if you've ever had any like really terrible run-ins with things like that or. Uh, um, yeah, there's one. It's funny that you say that you got scared for like three months because I took, so I was in Dupo, Illinois, which is like just 10 minutes. It's right across the river. I, I live right by the Mississippi river and I was just taking pictures around Dupo and it's like a, a smaller kind of less uh, wealthy part of Illinois but I've always loved the people there and I just like the landscape there. And I met a lot of people for the project over there. And this was back, I wasn't really taking portraits of people, just everyday people that I found it interesting. Anyone that I took a portrait of, it'd be for the project that I'm working on. Yeah. But I saw this guy, he was on, a, on the corner of this apartment building and he was wearing all camo with these boots and like this uh, bandana. And I was like, that guy looks pretty cool. I'm just going to park my car and go over there and ask him. And that's the biggest mistake I ever made because he started telling me that he was just out of jail and his, his nickname was Possum because he was in a bar one time and he wanted to get back at this guy for doing something to him. So he grabbed a Possum and threw the Possum on him and he started eating his face off. Oh, and <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, listen, I don't want any trouble. I just... I just was wanting to take your portrait cause you looked interesting and cool. And then he like kind of got a little bit better about everything. And I didn't end up taking his portrait. And, uh, he, if you looked at his picture, he's a, he looks like a super normal guy. I showed Emma him. I'm like, I'm going to show you the picture first and then I'm going to tell you the story. And she's like, Oh, he looks like super cool down to earth, chill guy. I'm like, yeah, well, his name's Possum, and here's the story about him. But that's the only bad, really bad run-in that I've had with people, and I've knocked on doors and asked random people, and it's always turned out to be pretty okay. But that kind of got me in the mind mindset of just like being more aware of like my surroundings and stuff, and uh, making sure that I'm not going to too sketchy of places, but. Most of the time, the sketchy places are where the interesting people are. So yeah, you got to yeah. take a you got to take a chance every now and now and again. Oh, I think it was on one of your more recent videos. You went to this house and you didn't actually take a photo because no, I, th I don't think anyone was in. Or maybe you were planning to go back later in the day. From 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 my memory, it was a house and it was very like hippie esque sort of thing. It was like quite colorful. oh yeah. Um, and you, you obviously you didn't get a photo. I don't know if you've been back since, but that's actually one of my next questions. Do you, do you ever feel like, you know, a bit gutted that you can't take a photo that in your head is like, this is, you know, this is spot on location. I hope someone's at the door. Do you, do you have to just learn to kind of live with that? 
Yeah, that that specific one, I think it was that uh, the beetle with the garden and it that said like a amigo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it said amigos garden and it was like this cool place. I did end up going back to that place and I uh, knocked on the door and this guy answered and he was like, he wasn't really down for it. And I was just like, I kind of lied and fibbed and I was like, well, I'm from some other place and it's like an hour away. So if we can get it done today, that'd be cool. And he's like, maybe if you're in town another day. And I'm just like, well, I'm, at that point, I'm just like, he doesn't want to. So I'm not going to like try to force my way into taking his picture because then it's just not really going to work out. But there are times when I come across someone and I'm like, either one thing happens where I ask them and they say no, or there's been a couple times where I see someone and I don't have the courage to do it yet. And I'm like, mingling around trying to get the courage and then i go back and they're gone yeah, yeah. that probably that probably hurts me more because i'm i think about all the possibilities and the portrait that i could have gotten but when people just straight up say no i'm not gonna like push them very hard unless it's someone that would make a really interesting portrait then maybe i'll try to convince them but i've heard tactics from people and i know like Alex Soth, he always said that he was like a salesman trying to uh, convince people, but that's kind of the way he does it. And I, I might change my mind on that in the future, but right now I'm just like, if they say no, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. like the thing I'm, I, I've thought about it so many times when I've seen people in the street and I'm like, uh, and then they're gone. And like, yeah. And it, and it, yeah. Why, why not just ask? But I just worry and I overthink it and I'm like, mm -hmm. what? If they say why, like why do you want to do that? That's where I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, because I want to take it. And it like, are they going to be weird about it? Like, why do you want a photo of me? Like, that's mm -hmm. that's, that's why I'm. That's kind of the whole idea with the starting the project that I'm working yeah. on with people in their cars. Because I'm like, if they look interesting, well, if they have a classic car in their driveway and they look interesting, I can be like, I want to take your portrait because I want, I'm doing this project, but really it's just, I want to take your portrait so I can, cause I'm interested in you. I'm not really interested in the car, but, um, so that was like a nice way in and that's really helped me a lot. Just taking portraits of normal everyday people now, because now I can, ju I just, ha I have more confidence in, in going up to just random people and saying like, Hey, I like your hat. Can I take your portrait? Or, Hey, you, you just look interesting. Can I take your portrait? And then if they're like iffy on things, I can just be like, I'm a photographer. And then I can like maybe show them some examples or something. And, and then kind I was of say, do you, do, you, do you carry around any like prints or, or, for example, we spoke about this on one of our earlier podcasts and I can't remember who I did it. It might've been, it wasn't Willem, but there's definitely a YouTuber that I watched who said, print out a small book of your own work to carry with you. And I did that and they were terrible photos, but <laughs> as long as they were better than the average iPhone kind of photo, right. it didn't really matter because if I got stopped, I could say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a photographer, you know, even though I'm not, a photographer, I'm only a hobbyist, but mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? It was still something to show someone and they would be like, oh, okay, you're not a complete weirdo. I, I can now decide whether I want my photo taken or not. But do, do you do, do anything like that as well? Uh, I don't, but I think I am, um, in the future because I have, 
that's happened to me one time where um, a, a gentleman was kind of iffy on it. And I'm, I actually had some prints that I was delivering to some other people for the project. And I'm like, just come over here and look. And then he looked and he's like, oh, well, these are pretty nice. So uh, then he said yes. But yeah, I've heard a couple people um, talk about that and say that they do that. And I think it's a lot better than just like busting out your phone and saying like, this is my work, actually having prints or maybe even like a small book would definitely be more beneficial. Yeah, yeah. That, what we were talking about earlier, when Luke, weren't we? Like getting your phone out is all good, but so what? Do you know what I mean, like it's the same as what everyone else has got. So you need to show them the mm -hmm. importance of what you're trying to do, I guess, or the importance to you of what, what you're trying to achieve. But one right. of the questions I had is like, obviously you develop yourself, you can print yourself and you, you kind of, you know, you've got this very much, you know, you've got a roadmap in your head of what you're kind of working towards um, or, you know, what you're working on, should we say. Um, but don't you feel like the nerves of, like for a start, you, you, you're using a format where you can't see the results instantly. Then you're going home and developing. So when, when I develop black and white at home, I'm, I'm in my kitchen like this, like, please come out, please come out, please come out. Then I get the, so then I'm like, then I can see the, the negatives and I'm like, yep, yeah, cool, I've got results. Then the challenge of actually scanning them in, in a way that I'm going to be happy with them starts. I'm hoping they're not scratched or I've developed them shit. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then I get a result. Do you know what I mean? Or I, I print it out myself, whatever it might be. Do you, do you have to go through all those hurdles as well? Or have you kind of learned to kind of accept that that's what you've got to do and hope yeah. in the image? There, I still have like those anxieties to a certain degree. Um, obviously with the, the more that you do it and now that I'm, I'm using like one camera, one format, one color film, one black and white film, I'm kind of like set in my ways, but yeah, uh, those anxieties have gotten better because I have made all those mistakes in the past. I remember when I took out my Mamiya 645 for the first time, um, um, what did I do? I remember taking photos and like clicking the shutter, winding it, clicking the shutter, winding it. And then I get, I open up the back and the film hasn't advanced one time. And it was like, it was 15 photos, like all day. I was taking pictures of horses, like landscapes. I drove like an hour down to my mom's house and I was just like, and then the next time out, it's like, I didn't make that mistake. So it's like, big mistakes like that. And then little mistakes like loading film wrong. And then the first time I did large format, I wasted like seven sheets of ectochrome because I didn't know how to load the film properly. I didn't know how, like, I just like jump into things, make terrible mistakes and then make smaller mistakes as I go. And then you're like pretty good to go, but I still make small mistakes and uh, they're just they're the ones that you tend to learn the most from, though, right? Like, I, I tell you, they're the ones that you tend to, you know, you learn quickly. You know, you, you oh, know yeah. you're never going to do that again because it's such a stupid mistake to make. Yeah. I remember watching your video the other day, and you said that you you sat there like the the, the first part of the video was like, "I'm going to record this intro again." I've just been sitting there for <laughs> five minutes, and I was like, "I've done that," or "We've done yeah. that." I, was like, I feel your pain, but there's just nothing you can do. Right? All you that can do is suck it up. But that's I guarantee you'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah, I told, I told Emma because we, we were talking a little bit about like YouTube and photography and stuff, and I was like, I would love YouTube exponentially more if I didn't have to sit down and talk to the camera 
and explain things. Cause I know that's beneficial for a lot of people. And I know it's like needed for context in the video, but when I sit down and I'm like, just getting everything ready and all that, I'm just like dreading talking about it. And I just need to learn to love that part because once I learn to love that, it will make making YouTube videos that much more uh, fun. But yeah, that was uh, 42 minutes of just me talking to nobody, Practice. not recording anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you scripting them? I, I used to not to at all. I would just talk. But lately I have been writing down like specific talking points and notes and it does help a lot. And... It does help because I used to think that I'd have to talk straight through and get it like right on the money every time. Mm. But now I'm like, I edit things. Like, obviously I edit things. So it's like, I can just say something. And then if I mess up, I can just start over. Yeah. And it took, it took me way too long to figure out that I could actually do a talking uh, head part like that. But yeah, yeah. We're, we're still very much at that point. Like we, you know, we've got a couple of videos on our YouTube channel now, along with the podcast. But the videos are still very kind of amateur in the grand scheme of things or what we're working towards. But I think you'd agree with me, Luke. It is horrible speaking to the camera. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, and, you know, you watch it back and you're like, you're already cringing because you're the one that's, took, you know, you're watching yourself. But then when you're actually doing it, in your head, you're like, yeah, I'll just get this done. It won't take too long. And then half hour later, you're still there trying to say one sentence or, you know, you're trying to, like you said, you're trying to get it all out in one hit. But you've just got to learn. You've got to learn to accept that you can just cut a little bit, and it's yeah. all right. I mean, cut out that. Way. That's why I kind of uh, lean towards the parts where I just have a mic on and I'm like talking to the people while I take their portrait, mm. or just like knocking on doors and stuff like that, because it's just easier for me, and I like that a lot more, and I don't have to worry about kind of explaining parts later where I can just like show you and let you hear exactly what i'm saying and exactly what's going on so it's like like the mystery of that though as well because you know like in your videos you know i'm i'm sitting there looking at a close-up of your radio and your car while i'm listening to a conversation so mm -hmm. in my head i'm like you know you're talking to andre the giant he's scary <laughs> do you know what i mean but i'm painting this picture and then all of a sudden it cuts to you with them with their you know with their car or whatever it might be and i think that's a cool way of storytelling Mm -hmm. That probably comes yeah. your kind of video days like without you really knowing maybe. Yeah, and it's that's kind of like a me doing that because it's hard for me to like rec record video while I'm shooting as well just because it's it's already enough to be take taking a portrait of a stranger. It's that it's more doing it on a large format and then you have to worry about getting a good video angle. It's just it became too much. So it's like I'm just gonna wear a mic and can kind of hear the audio with everything and you can get an idea of what's going on you don't really have to see the video itself yeah yeah it's about the photos right at the end of the day so that's what you mm -hmm. want to, that's what you want to be concentrating on the most right it was interesting there's like sort of two sides to what you're saying in some of it it was like if you see a photo just take a photo i think that was maybe talking about that slightly more like gatekeepery thing that happens with people saying like you shouldn't take a photo of a car or you shouldn't take a photo of whatever it is because it's a cliche and this really really boring stuff mm -hmm. and um the the in the video where you were talking about there was a guy who you could see he was getting quite fidgety and you were like 
old me would have pressed the shutter because I was too, you know, it's like that kind of, I don't know if it's embarrassment or you're just like, oh, I've got to do it now because, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that, like pushing through and waiting and waiting. And um, I think that can apply to like anything, even if you're doing like street photography or whatever, but like especially shooting on film, it makes you slow down. But doing that on large format must be um, such a, it's such a different experience, I guess. But I really mm-hmm. like that thought of just like, just slowing down. I'm quite trigger happy. Um, yeah. I try to be less so. I, I quite like the idea of having a camera with one roll of film in it for, you know, like a couple of months maybe. And then mm-hmm. seeing what, as long as you're like shooting other things around that time, I quite right. like that. So I have a little like pocket 35 mil camera that sits in my coat. Maybe take like one photo on it every week or something, but um, take other photos at the same time. But it's nice that kind of real slow approach to it all. And making sure you're getting what you want, right? Rather than just feeling the pressure to take it. That you're not, you know, you're not going to like, you're just feeling pressure to take it off. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The thing with like, like I said, I only, I only shoot 35 mil film, but, and if I actively thought like, I don't want to shoot anything else, but seeing those portraits, I was like, ah, uh, maybe I should <laughs> skip 120 and just go to like large format or something. I quite like the idea of that. I, cause I, I mean, every, every film, every camera, like it all has its, its own use and you can use it for anything that you want, but I mean, the whole reason that I got into large format, it wasn't to like slow down or it was a hundred percent just because I saw portraits from people that shot it. And I'm like, I've never seen anything like that before. Every camera that I use, I can't get that look. And then when you go and do research, you see that hardly anyone uses it anymore. And only a certain select few choose to use it because the look, because the process. But it's like, I just wanted a look that no no one else really had. And then as I used it more, then you learn about the process and you learn about how when you set it up, you're talking to the person and it, it helps them like relax a little bit. So it's like, it started off with 100%. I wanted that look. And now it's like 25% the look, 25% to slow you down, 25% because it helps the actual portrait. And then 25% for whatever else. But yeah, it's like all those things come with using it. But it 100% started off because just the look of the format in general. Is it helps like foster quite a philosophical approach to your photography? Because I feel like you do have a philosophical kind of outlook on what you're doing. That comes across in the videos. And I guess... I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that's because of the format that you're using? Um, I don't know if it's because the format, I feel like that would just, I feel like any thoughts, like deeper thoughts that I have on photography or the people that I take pictures of just comes from taking more pictures and wanting uh, specifically working on this project and wanting and looking at other projects that people have made and they have deeper meanings. They have ideas behind everything. They have thoughts within their pictures. So it's just like, whenever I'm setting up now, I'm looking for things that can help push along this uh, bigger idea that is wrapped 
up in, in the, the whole project in general. So I'm always looking for those things now, but I feel like that just comes from just taking more photos and uh, reading more about photography and listening to interviews and listening to how people that do it for a living and have done it their whole life, how they talk about photography. Because in the beginning, obviously, I was just listening to people on YouTube talk about photography. And most of that's about gear and apertures and all this stuff. So it's nice to kind of get out of that and then focus more on uh, like telling stories and getting ideas across with your photos. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Right? And I think especially when I say the new generation, I mean like our generation as a whole, you know, before social media days, should we say. It's nice to see so many people that are, are taking portrait photography or taking portrait photography seriously. Um, there's a photo that you took, I want to say maybe maybe a year, maybe maybe longer, or you maybe posted it a year ago. And it was like of an old couple. Um, and they, I think the photo was their classic. I remember it being like blue, like a sky bluey kind of, I'm English, I don't know what cars they are, but oh yeah, that kind of car maybe something like that and that I remember seeing that and I was like I would have that on my wall I'd have that framed on my wall and I don't know anything about them I don't know I don't I'm don't know anything about the car but I can appreciate the photo mm-hmm. and I think that was like when I really thought to myself like yeah like so what it's two people that I don't know or a person that I don't know the the collection you can appreciate the beauty in the photograph and then you kind of it leaves me to let me think whatever I want to think, right? Because you might know that couple. You might know them. They could be your grandparents for all I know. Do you know what I mean? But f- for me, it's it's a different story. And I, and I quite like that. That's what that's what photography should do, regardless if it's of portraits or not. So it's cool to see things like that. Yeah, I, it took me a while to figure out what you were talking about. But yeah, that was like the the second person that I photographed for for the project. And uh, yeah, that was just like, I took a a portrait of him in front of the car and then his wife, um, I can't remember her name, but she was uh, watching from like the house. And I was like, do you want to come down here and get a, get a picture? She's like, yeah, that would be great. We can send that to our, uh, our, I think they had a couple kids and they live in different States. She's like, that'd be nice to get a photo. So I, yeah, I took their photo and I've thought about that too. Um, as well just because I always wanted to like sell prints and stuff yeah and when I would talk with people I'm like I don't necessarily know if people want prints of yeah old guys and their cars yeah and and now I've changed my opinion on that a lot because I see portraits all the time where I'm like I would want that hung on my wall because not only is it a great photo but I can look at it and it gives me it inspires me. It makes me want to go outside and take pictures. So that's, it's funny that you say that because it's that my whole uh, idea on that has kind of changed throughout yeah. taking it's, photos. It's hard to get you kind of head around that. And, you, and fair enough, if you're not, you know, you don't want to photo a random person in your house, fine. You know, that's cool. But I think when you appreciate the whole process and the journey you've taken to get that photo, and then what it also could mean to someone who doesn't know that person, is cool so like for me like yeah i'd have portraits of people that i don't know because i might just like the photo it speaks to me it motivates me it inspires me to go out whatever it might be 
and that, that's a cool thing. I think that should be supported. For those who are listening, what, what is the project you're working towards? Are you, are you working towards selling more prints, making a book or a zine, or what, what's the plan? Well, it's called Articles of Virtue, and it's about it's just about the relationship between people and the vehicles they drive. It started off because obviously I'm a film photographer. I take pictures of classic cars and I'm going to be honest. I did that in the beginning because I saw that that was popular and I wanted to get people to view my photos. So I would take pictures of classic cars. And after a while, it just became kind of boring. And I don't knock anyone that takes pictures of cars because they do look cool and it's fun to go out and try to find classic cars and take pictures of them. But that just became kind of like this weird game of driving around and trying to find classic cars, even though I do that that exact same thing now. But um, yeah, that just got kind of boring. So and the owners and stuff would always come out and ask me like what I was doing, what why am I in their driveway, things like that. So. Um, I wanted to get a little bit better about taking portraits and I always wanted to be a portrait photographer. So I just started asking them and that was just, like I said earlier, it was just a way in to take more portraits and it kind of just turned into this whole project and people really, it really resonated with people and it was something different. Um, and yeah, just, I've been working on it for seriously probably like a year and a half um i've probably been taking large format portraits with it for like seriously for a year i've been using the same film i just recently switched from it was black and white and color i just recently switched to all color because i did some sequencing with some things and it really wasn't working out so um i'm looking to make a book and I do sell some prints and everything, but I kind of just want to keep those to the really like nice pictures that I feel I want to sell as prints. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a book. It's gonna be all color portraits, and I've been working more towards taking some more landscape photos, some more still lifes, just to switch it up. Because again, I was sequencing everything. And there was just too many headshots, too many portraits. There wasn't enough to like break it up. So yeah, looking to shoot the rest of the year um, for that and then kind of see where I'm at in the winter. And I don't know anything about publishing a book. I'm going to have to ask a lot of people a lot of questions. So, or just reach out or reach out to a publisher and see if they want to do it. But uh, that's going to be an interesting process. So. Yeah, well, that's a whole nother journey, I guess, as well, isn't it? But that's really yeah. good because, like, and me and Luke were talking about just before you jumped on when you rudely came on late. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about um, how cool it is to see you, like, again, going back to a photo that you take that we could look at or, you know, the average customer or follower of yourself could look at and be like, that's a really nice photo. But in your head, you're like, you can openly admit that you're still learning and at the same time, you're kind of thinking about the project in the back of your head. So, you know, you, you might have taken a photo that you're really happy with, but it's black and white. And then it's nice to see that you've reached out to that person again and, you know, gone back and taken a, a colour portrait or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. It's cool that you're thinking about it like that, because I would say most people wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's a new thing because I actually the first thing that I did was I took the black and white portraits and I put them into Photoshop and I colorized a couple with their new update and some of them turned out really good. They probably look better than my actual color photos, which is kind of depressing, but I did that to a couple and they looked really good. And then I did that with Jason, the last guy that I photographed and it looked like garbage. And I'm like, that kind of sucks because I really like his portrait, but it's in black and white, so it's not really going to work. So, um, I, yeah, when I reached out to him, I was just like, I know this is, I know we haven't talked for a year, but, uh, I'm the photographer. I don't know if you remember me, but I really want to come back and get, try to get your portrait again because I kind of changed the project around and he was super cool about it. And uh, that portrait that I took of him, that's like the first time where I was like, I kind of like recognized within myself that I am a good photographer because I looked at that and I was like, this is a, a good portrait. I, I felt accomplished. I felt happy with it just everything kind of turned out perfect. And that was like the first time where I'm like, okay, like I know what I'm doing. Let's kind of like, uh, just progress from here on out as well. But I think I might've peaked with that photo. So I guess we'll find <laughs> out if, if I, uh, keep yeah. going forward or just nosedive into the ground. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. It's a really stunning photo. It's amazing. Like, it's hard to even say what it is about it compared to like other pictures necessarily. Like, but there's just something about it's, it's everything, isn't it? It's like the light and the composition and the way that they're positioned and like the look and how you had to wait for the dog to look at the camera or look up or whatever. Yeah. I looked at that photo and I was like, I wish I had a photo like that of me and my dog. That, that, that was the first thing I thought of. Do you know what I mean? And before I kind of looked, technically at the photo not that i'm someone who can judge a photo do you know what i mean but before i looked into the photo or anything else i related it i related myself to it by going i've got a dog i would love to have a portrait that good of me and my dog and on yeah. a truck that's what i thought yeah yeah that's nice to hear because um yeah when i took the first one i i really loved it but I was having such a hard time getting the black and white photo. I was having a hard time getting the dog's attention and he just really wasn't having it. And it, he turned out blurry in both of them. And in one, he was completely looking away. So I was like, if anything, if, if the portrait of him turns out like crap, I'm like, at least I'm, I hope to God I can get the dog to look at the camera this time. And the first one that I took, he was just, he was kind of like chilling down on the ground and he was tired. He just woke up from a nap. He's 12 years old. So he's getting up there. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I was like, the first one's good. And then the second one, yeah, it just, he picked up his head and the light was hitting him on the side. It was just, it, everything turned out perfect. Mm. There's really nothing in that photo that I honestly dislike at all, which mm. is really nice. Mm. There was a little bit of blur at the top though, wasn't it? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, I, there was a, there is, and I say this because I took a really nice photo of this uh, couple one time and this guy commented and he says, you should really watch those vertical lines coming out from the top of the head. I'm just like, I get that. Like, but <laughs> sometimes it's just unavoidable, like with yeah, positioning yeah. and light and everything. And 
Uh, in, in Jason's photo, there is like a tree coming out of the top of his head, but it's like blurred enough that you can't really tell. And it, I don't think it distracts from, uh, yeah. from the picture. And do you, do you actually, cause I know you've mentioned it in a video again, this, I might be asking you a question that you can't answer here, but do you generally go back and give the people a print? If, if you can, I appreciate you can't always do that if they're miles away and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I would say probably. 50% do, um, cause some, I mean, prints, I mean, you can get a, a print for super cheap, but by the time you like do everything and get the print and then send it out or drive it out to them, it's just a lot of, a lot of time. And I try to get a print to, to most of the people, but most of the time I'm not, um, getting a picture that I would even want to like, I don't know, like get to even share with them and yeah. I, I don't know. mean i took a yeah. photo of um a classic car funny enough i was literally walking my dog and i just thought i'd shoot a roll of film and i came across this house and this guy was cleaning his car um and i asked i asked to take his portrait and he, he actually said no so i, I ended up only take he let me take photos of his car but he didn't want to be him be in the photos which is absolutely fine um and i said to him like he ended up knowing a little bit about photography or he knew what camera i was using i was using like the rb67 so it's a big camera mm-hmm. um, and i think that's probably another thing i'll probably ask you this in a moment about the large format side of things but i was taking photos of his car and i was like oh yeah i'll give you a print but when i got home and i actually developed the photos and you know scanned them in they weren't very good photos so i wouldn't i wouldn't want to give him that work so yeah, I completely kind of understand it from your side. Like you only want to give someone what they kind of deserve and if they've been grateful enough to come out and have the photo taken. You yeah. want to make sure you're giving them the best and if it's not the best yeah. to you, then why would you pass it on to them? Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of, I go back and forth on that because I mean, if if I was that person, I would just, I would be grateful for anything. But yeah. then I'm like, me, I'm just, I'm not going to give you like a badly exposed, like half out of focus if I messed up the whole portrait, I'm not going to give you a, a print of that. But yeah, lately, since I've been taking so, uh, I've been taking not as many photos of people or just focusing on the people that are really interesting or would, would make really good portraits, I feel like I'll probably give more prints out because they're just going to be better photos overall. And I'll probably develop, like Jason actually just texted me today and he was showing me that he built a uh a barbecue grill on like a canoe that he has because he's like super uh good with his hands and he builds stuff and he's like an artist and he paints and he does all this stuff but uh it's funny that i like develop these friendships and like still talk to these people so um that's nice as well so if i develop relationships like that it will just be much easier to give them a print uh, in the future I think without getting too deep, like we've spoke about this before on the podcast, but, and it's based around like photography and like your mental health, but just trying to put myself in your shoes. Like you said, you're doing like predominantly like you, let's say you work once a week doing wedding or whatever, doing filming a wedding, whatever it might be. But I'm guessing for a large portion of your week or month, you're kind of on your own, right? Cause you're either editing or you're working on a project, you're going out and shooting, whatever it might be. And it must be such a sense of relief knowing that when you meet someone, and like you said with 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 Jason, right? You've got to know him. He's now texting you. 
it kind of restores your faith in humanity that there are really sound people out there, that are really nice people there. And, you know, you would never kind of talk in a bar because whatever reason, whatever reason, but mm-hmm. it's nice that you've got this connection and now you've kind of built on that relationship. And I'm sure you've had the same with other people you photographed, right? Whether it's a small amount or a big amount, but it's, it must be like a really positive thing. And um, we've spoke about it before about like, how good photography can be for your mental health, even if you are on your own or you're with people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it's really like all or nothing with people that I take portraits of. It's either like I sh- share share the picture with them and I, I never hear from them, which is fine. I would probably be that way if someone took my portrait. But then on the other side, it's like I, I still talk to them. And the, like this other gentleman that I uh, met, John and his son, Isaiah, they live in Mount Olive. I took his portrait a year ago and I messed it up once. And then I went back the next day and I messed it up again. And then I went back a year later and I finally got the the good portrait. But yeah, it's, uh, it is nice to, to know that, um, yeah, cause photography, especially like if you are on your own and you don't have like a lot of photography friends around, it can be like a lonely, just on your own type of venture. And it is nice to know that like photography has brought like a sense of confidence in me knowing that I can go out and if I see an interesting person, I can go up to them, start having a conversation, talk with them and uh, maybe end up getting their portrait and maybe leave with a, a friend or two in the process. Or even if not, it's a story to tell, right? Like, right. It's, it's a, yeah, you know, some, and not that you're struggling with your mental health or we are or anything like that, but I just think it's like, it's just reassuring to know that there's nice people out there that you would not normally cross paths with because, you know, you're not, you're not in their life in any way, shape, or form, but you've met them, mm-hmm. you've, you've reached out to them, and then you can, you know, start a relationship that way in whatever context that might be. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's the odd text from time to time or just a, just a really cool story to say, do you know what I mean? You've got that photo as proof. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of leads on to like how important photography is because like one photo can really document such a like important time, do you know what I mean? In mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah. And that, I mean, that too with just photos in general and them, it's, it could always be one thing one day and not mean anything to you one day. And then something dramatic can change in your life and it can mean the whole world to you. And I really like that about photos. And I just like that about just life in general, because things do change all the time. And sometimes things don't mean anything to you. And then one thing can change and it it means a lot to you. And yeah, it's, it's always nice to just have something that you can like kind of do and it kind of just brings you joy overall and not only that but like photography with the community and the youtube community and just the whole film community in general it's like i can go it's crazy to think that i can pretty much just say i'm going anywhere in america or anywhere in europe and there's probably someone there that's gonna like buy me a beer or just talk about photography and that's just really cool to think about. And it's it's all just because taking photos and sharing it with people, which is great. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And you're kind of giving those people a cool story as well. Yeah. Imagine like 
it's not something that happens very often. Like it's not a regular occurrence that people get their, a, a knock on their door and it's someone asking to take their portrait. So it's mm-hmm. got to be like, they'll tell that story for years, I bet. When you have a positive experience of like having your photo taken, it makes you feel good, like being on the on that side of the camera as well. So like, yeah, it's just like good vibes all around. I think it's yeah. also like with... um you know, having a photograph like that as well is so like cherishing to have because, you know, I think back to when I was a kid and my parents would get out a photo album, right? That they put these six by four photos in and you look through them and it makes you happy to do that. Where our generation now, we have phones and every time you upgrade a phone, you tend to lose everything that was on it unless you are clever enough to put it on a hard drive or save those photos, whatever it might be. But to have something like that from their point of view is an awesome bit of memorabilia to keep and, you know, to show their family one day, do you know what I mean? Or grandkids, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah, that's why I was, that's why I was so happy that I got um, that picture of Diablo and Jason because the whole time we were we were talking and Diablo was just like sitting there sleeping. It wasn't moving much. I'm like, he's getting old. And we were talking about how he adopted him when he was like super young as a puppy. And I'm just like, that's going to be like, he was already, when I gave him the black, cause I gave him a black and white print when I, uh, when I went to meet up with him the second time and he was just like holding it and just, you could tell he was really happy about it. So it's going to be even nicer to take, him another picture that's just better and just a better representation of him and his dog so yeah it's just it's great overall and i i do have my uh like bad times with mental health and that come from photography but overall as a whole it's made my life so much just more interesting and better overall which is great to say but I was just going to ask you about the, the kind of future, if you like, and um, I appreciate you, you've got this project you're now working on. What, what was the project name again, sorry? Um, Articles of Virtue. Articles of Virtue. I was about to say that, and then I was like, I could go totally, <laughs> or I could nail it, and I thought I'd ask. Um, but are you, are you continuing? Because I wanted to kind of take it back to the start before we go forward, but you've got into photography relatively recently, right, in the last couple of years, in the grand scheme of things. And did you just decide to go all in and go, right, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to document my photography. And that's what you've always envisioned or was the photography there first? And then you decided to start documenting it or start the YouTube channel. And are you going to continue to do that in the future? Have you got any plans with the, with the channel, so to speak? Um, I, I feel like the, I always not always wanted to, but when I started to watch YouTube and I saw other people do it, I was like, well, I, I have a background in video. So it's like, I already have like the video part down. I can like edit things and I can put music to it. Yeah. Yeah, I have all the equipment ready to go. So it's just like, I just need to like learn the photography side of things. And yeah, I would see like these guys like Matt Day and Willem Verbeek and they'd have sponsors and stuff. And I'm just like, I have a lot of free time. I do weddings. I'm like, I can probably get to that point at some point. So yeah, I, I just imagine put, sitting on a sofa, like <laughs> feet up, a beer in one hand, a laptop on the other, watching YouTube videos. You're like, I should really be doing something with my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, if I can, and 
one thing too, I didn't see a lot of people on YouTube just like messing up and making mistakes. So I was just like, I'll be that guy that just shows it raw, like be honest and authentic with everyone. And that probably got me in trouble a lot of the time in the beginning, because I would just be really honest with people and really authentic, which <laughs> some people would say that's a bad thing. But I learned a lot from that, but not as much like that anymore. But um, yeah, I just wanted to be honest with people. I didn't want to talk about gear all the time. And I didn't want to have affiliate links with all this shit that you don't need to buy and all that stuff. So I was just like, I'm going to show, show my process. And hopefully within that, I maybe get an audience, a small community. And I like, I've loved the trajectory of my channel because it's been not that like it's been slow, but it's been steady. And I see a lot of channels where people might have like one video take off where they do something where it's just like um, something that's good for the algorithm, like five tips for this or five tips for that. And they get a whole bunch of subscribers and then they kind of just get the same amount of views every video. Whereas my channel, it's just been a slow and steady like rise and it's just like this smaller community of people that I see like on every video commenting and we talk and we learn and all this stuff. And yeah, the future of that, I still want to make videos. I still want to talk about everything. And it's been kind of weird for me because I don't want to just like, I envision myself getting more into like, like Brian Scootmont is my favorite photographer. Um, what he does, like he's, published books. He's in art galleries. He's doing talks with students, doing all this stuff. It's like, I want to get to that point at some point. I want to be more of like a fine art type. And I, I don't like really saying fine art because I think it's kind of annoying. And I see that all, all the time in, in wedding uh, photography, fine art wedding photography, which just basically means that you shoot film sometimes. And <laughs> I don't want to necessarily say that, but I want to like, that's kind of who I envision. Like I want to be like, um, and I don't know if there's that many people on YouTube like that. So I kind of want to show that, that side of things like making books and trying to like get into galleries and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's going to happen. And I kind of want to lean more towards, um, some editorial work as well. Um, maybe get away from, the wedding stuff and try to get more into like portraits and uh journalistic photography which i don't know if that will happen either but um currently trying to kind of do that and yeah i think it'll be interesting to, to show that on the on the channel and i still want to continue um analog artisans as well because i think that's just a really fun thing to do just meet with interesting people and talk to photographers and talk to people that aren't photographers and take their portrait and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what I envision in the future.